hello and welcome to another edition of the Forks Down Podcast. Your one-stop shop for anything and everything surrounding the Seattle Mariners baseball team. My name is Rick Clark and with me, as always, Mullen, Idaho's greatest export, Mr. Bo Chisholm. Bo, how are you doing today? You know, I'm uh, I'm doing pretty well. I'm back from Hawaii. Um, things are, uh, spring training is fully going on now and the world is just, uh, things are just perfect right now. Things are going really well. Oh. Yes, sir. How are things going with you? Dude, I couldn't ask for a better uh, opener for spring training. I really wish, um, you know, the TV broadcast uh, had the Mariners broadcast yesterday for the game, but um, I'll settle for the radio guys, you know, just because I like listening to the radio at work. Um, but baseball's back. Um, the snow, although it snowed a crap ton here a couple days ago, uh, it's been sunny the last couple. Snow's probably going away. I I just I'm loving this time of year right now. Yeah, it's uh, and well, I mean, with the, we're talking about like um, this very much feels like the first spring training in like a long time that's just been like natural, just because like I don't know, 2020 obviously got shut down for COVID. 2021 was still kind of COVID ish, right, all the time. And who knew what you know, like camp was going to look like and everything else and then last year with the lockout so like this year just feels mm-hmm. very normal very natural it's just uh it's very relaxing very nice to see so i like it yep yep well you know in a couple weeks we're gonna you know we're gonna see the players that are in the wbc uh take off from the team so i guess we do have that weirdness coming in you know with the uh the wbc um being a thing this year but uh yeah, you're right. It just it feels right. It feels right this year. No lockout, no COVID. It's nice. So Agreed. Before we get into everything, I want to thank you guys for taking time to come back and listen to the Forks Down podcast. All our returning listeners, welcome back. And for all our first time listeners, hey, thank you for drinking the Kool Aid and welcome aboard. You know, um, hopefully we're your new home. For uh, Mariners baseball talk, and uh, you know, if you haven't already, go hit um, up our social media profiles on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, just search Forks Down Podcast will come up. Um, you know, give us a like on there. You can also hit like and subscribe on your podcast listening apps. Uh, get notified when we drop new episodes on Tuesday. Um, you know, we might revisit it a little bit. Um, you know, we've been doing Tuesday episodes, but with the uh, the season upon us, maybe, uh, maybe we'll come up and uh, have a couple episodes, you know, once in a while a week. You know, we we haven't got that far, but uh, I feel like once the season gets rolling, uh, we are really gonna be, really gonna be um, having a lot of info. You know, game breakdown stuff like that. We're gonna want to talk about stuff during the season, so uh, you know, that's something Bo and I are probably gonna revisit soon. So um, yeah, but you know. Welcome aboard, and uh, you know, with spring training starting, we're we're more than excited to to pump out some Mariners content. So, um, with that being said, Bo, uh, you know, obviously, uh, MLB is back. Mariners baseball is back. Um, there was a couple MLB notes that uh, that I feel like we should hit on. The first one being uh, someone that you just absolutely adore. 
Mr. Manny Machado uh, came out and said that he's going to opt out out of twenty after twenty twenty three. I'm really not surprised with this development. I mean, look at what everyone else is getting paid. Manny Machado wants his cut. Yeah, I'm not surprised at all um, that Manny Machado's going to likely opt out. Um, I mean, the average annual value of the contract that he has right now is still $30 million a year. So, like, you know what? If you want to get $35 million a year, Manny, like, go for it, I guess. But um, I'm not surprised because, like, I think this next next round of offseason um, players is going to be like, I think Manny Machado is going to be very coveted, I think, this next coming offseason. So I'm not super surprised. Um, I I think we I kind of I kind of put this note there because I think, um, uh, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to be interested. Um, I think some teams that miss mm-hmm. out on like the Shohei Otani sweepstakes might change their tune and kind of transition or pivot over to maybe a Machado. Right. Um, but uh yeah, so maybe my question is, would the Mariners have any interest, do you believe? Or should the Mar- I guess here's my question. Should, should the Mariners have interest, and would they actually have any interest in Manny Machado if it ever came to that? Uh, uh, that's tough. I think they should have interest. You know, Manny Machado's been, you know, one of the 10 best ball ballplayers, yeah, I would say, for the last five, six years. Um. You know, he's, he's a very solid ball player. I, I'm really interested to see what he wants because the news came out after, you know, they, they released that he was going to opt out after 2023. And the Padres offered him an extension that would pay him, I think it'd take his contract to somewhere around 320, $320 million. Is he wanting $400 million? You know, so eh, maybe the Mariners shouldn't be in in that. You know, obviously, um, we want them to spend money, but you know, uh, Machado's just getting older. I, I don't know. I would. I don't know if I would want to put four hundred million dollars towards him. I certainly don't think he's going to get five hundred million. You know, I think that. I think that's going to be Shohei Otani. You know, what he's going to get. You know, something close to that. But um, yeah, I. I would like to see the Mariners go after him. I. I just. I'd be scared to think what number he's looking at. Yeah, agreed. And so the way I feel about it is like, um, should the Mariners be interested? Probably. They sh- probably should be interested, <laughs> but like, I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think, I think realistically just look, given how the Mariners have looked at position players, especially free agents over the last couple of years, I just don't think it is a good fit for them. But in here, I think mm-hmm. you're, I think you're right on. I think just the amount of money that he's going to end up wanting is just going to, um, be just priced out of the Mariners' price range. Should the Mariners have interest? Yes. But are they going to be? Are they going to be anywhere in in the sweepstakes? I don't think so whatsoever. So it's kind of. I think we're. I think we're aligned on that one. So. Mm-hmm. I, but again, I I want them to spend money. I just don't know on who. What. Would I like to have Shohei? Yeah, probably, absolutely. I, I don't know if I would want to go five hundred million. You know, um, I, I. Yeah, I mean, it I don't comes know. To... You asked me, you asked me a couple weeks ago about, or no, it was last week, wasn't it? Um, about Tatis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, again, I'd love to have him. Yeah, I'm afraid what his ne- next contract's going to be. You know, it's just it's scary. Well, and it all comes back to like if you sign one of these guys it's the age old thing like okay you sign one of them maybe that 
decreases the likelihood that you resign Cal Raleigh in the future. You decrease the likelihood that you resign George Kirby or Logan Gilbert or something like that. So that always comes back to some of those as well. It's like if you want to try to keep this core together, um, you know, you're going to mm-hmm. have to try to sign into the long term deals. If you pick up Manny Machado or Shohei Otani, you probably lose, you know, maybe two, maybe three of them, right? So um, it always comes back to that mm-hmm. as well. Yep. Um, and then the other, the other bit of news we've been, I think we've been waiting for it to get to who was the number one player before we started to talk about it, but the MLB released their top 100 over the course of the last couple weeks. And they, uh, just announced one through 10. Um, there was no Mariners in one through 10. Uh, Julio ended up being, I think it was 15. Correct me if I'm wrong there. Uh, Julio was number Um, 16. 16. So top 20 highest Mariners uh, player. Um, I think we had four on the the top 100, um, which is great, you know? Um, But uh, what, what do you think about the list, Bo? I mean, I don't feel like there's too much shock and awe outside of uh, maybe Trout not being one of the top two players. I think this is the first time in, six years he hasn't been voted one of the top two players in the MLB. Yeah. Not a lot of shock and awe. Um, I think, yeah, I'm trying, I, I, I'd have to go back and look at the, the exact list, but I mean, Mike Trout's always been, you know, one of the top two guys for the last couple of years. I mean, just given what Mike Trout is right. Um, but Mike Trout's also getting older um, and you know his injury history is there, but, uh, and given what, you know, judge did last year. I'm no surprise that judge is there in my mind. Um, and then, uh, you know, the other angel, the other generational talent. Um, it's, I feel like, I feel like Otani is going to be number one for the next probably couple of, a couple of years. Right. So, um, mm-hmm. I'm not surprised that the top, t- the, the top 10, you, you were saying you wanted to go back and listen or read it. I have it popped up real quickly. Freddie Freeman, number 10, uh, Jordan Alvarez, number nine, Jose Ramirez, number eight, Paul Goldschmidt, seven, Nolan Arenado, six, Machado, five, Mookie Betts, four, Trout, three, Judge, two, Otani, one. Um, again, I don't think there's any holes there outside of uh, Jordan. I, I would really not like to see him in the top ten. You know, he broke my heart last year. So Jordan's scary, man. Um, I mean, if you go to the fan graphs, like wins above replacement, rankings um and not rankings but like totals from last year um <clears throat> Jordan is in that top 10 um Jordan did it mm-hmm. in the least number of games and the least number of plate appearances like uh I'm talking about offensive value like if Jordan puts it all mm-hmm. together man in an offensive season um it's going to be it's going to be real scary so um i i agree with you that i agree with you there i think Jordan could probably jump up that list with a super healthy season which is uh which is which is scary yes yeah but i would say um go ahead oh no you you, no i was gonna say um you know i think people are kind of the reaction i kind of got was people actually thought that julio might have been a little too high on this list right now um i i saw that too and i you know, I I don't think so. Yeah, I think he's. I think he's in spot. a pretty good spot. Um, I think he's in. A, I think he's. I think he's ranked pretty well. Um, and I I keep mentioning this, but for like, I keep mentioning this to you. I think I thought I mentioned this to you, but like, 
in dynasty in dynasty fantasy baseball drafts, right? Julio is going to pretty typically number one overall right now. So I think like his his project, I think his future value is probably getting cooked into like his current value on this top list here for like what MLB Network has, mm-hmm. which some of that's fine. Um, but uh, no, I think it's I think it's I mean you're looking at like fan graphs last year, Julio ranked 21st in offensive value, so it's really not that. Stre- far stretch of an out of imagination to get him kind of where he's ranked but um no it's awesome to see it's good to see um i feel like the last time the mariners had somebody in the top uh 20 i'm trying to even remember who it was but um maybe felix back in the day but uh no it's really good to see yep. yeah probably felix any anything or any one of those people i mentioned you don't think should be in the top 10 or do you think they got it right this year um i think they got it right uh I think it's important to note it's like a, a cumulative. Well, I guess I should add, I guess the one I might have a little bit of a question mark on is Paul Goldschmidt from an offensive value. Yes. Paul Goldschmidt is, I think one of the best and one of the top, um, you know, I think certainly offensive performers in the, in the NL. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, um, and it's difficult for me to put a, to put a pitcher in there. Cause like, they can like Sandy Alcantara is there, Verlander, obviously mm-hmm. Scherzer, I thought was a little high, but like I would probably put Trey Turner in my top 10, maybe over a guy like um, maybe over a guy like Goldschmidt or Freddie Freeman. Um, and mm-hmm. then I would probably move Trey Turner up. I thought he was probably a top 10 talent. And I feel like Juan Soto is just kind of waiting in the wings a little bit, maybe just given that he wasn't as great last year. Maybe it's a good spot for him to be at number 12, but um, I probably mm-hmm. move Trey Turner up, um, and uh, I can probably be tur- turn. I can probably be tuned into turning Juan Soto into a top ten player as well. So maybe move Goldschmidt and uh, maybe move Goldschmidt and let's say maybe Fred Freddie Freeman out of there. Move those other two in. So about, what about you? Anybody on the list that comes to mind to you? Uh, I th- I think the two surprising ones for me not to make the top ten. Um, I, I thought at least this season, Sandy Alcantara um, earned his way into a top 10 ranking. Um, he was far and away, I think, the best pitcher in the league this last season. Um, so I, I get it. it. It's hard to put a pitcher in the top 10. And him being 13 is no slouch. He's, he's not too far outside of the top 10. But if there was a pitcher on there, I thought um, Sandy should be that pitcher on there. Um, the other one that kind of surprising and, and maybe it's a, a little controversial take from, well, you know, between me and you, uh, Bryce Harper, um, number 17, uh, he played with an injury last season, um, that kept him basically DHing the whole season and he helped take the Phillies to the world series. Um, I'd like to see him probably over a guy like, uh, like Freddie. You know, I don't think Freddie did quite as well in a Dodger uniform last season. Um, I, I certainly probably would have put Bryce there. Other than that, I, didn't, I don't really have any complaints um, outside of maybe where I would have put everyone, you know. Um, I thought Trout could have been lower on the list. Guys like, you know, Betts and Machado probably could have been a couple slots higher. But overall, I mean, it was a good list. You can argue any of the guys being you know, three through 20, because, you know, the top two were obviously Yotani and Trout. 
or excuse me, Otani and Judge. So, yeah, yeah. And I think in my, so, I think what I put in the notes that it's like, a, I think Aaron Judge is, I think Aaron Judge is likely going to be due for some pretty big regression this year. That's just my kind of thought there. So I think, mm-hmm. uh, I think there's a mm-hmm. decent chance Judge. I think Judge is gonna. I don't think he's gonna fall out of the top ten. Certainly, well, I mean, I guess I can't say that for certain, but um, I think Judge might drop out a little bit or trying to drop down from where he was. Maybe the same thing with Goldschmidt. So um, we'll see. Something to keep an eye yeah. on. So, um, all right, mm-hmm. bold prediction is 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 Julio in this top ten next year? Um. Yes. Okay. I like it. Yes. I think he goes as high as eight. Okay. I like it. I like it. Yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of guys in this. You kind of look in this list here. Um, you know, Acuna is a guy that's in number 25. He could make a jump. Tatis is number 26. Mm-hmm. If he's healthy, he can make a jump. Um, Carlos Correa is number 22 right now. Just to, just, to, I thought if you're, if we're, if we're going off of like, where I think people are overslotted. Carlos Correa is pretty overslotted in my mind, but that's a separate thing entirely. So anyways, mm-hmm. Acuna, Tatis are guys that I think can make a jump. Um, and uh, yeah, obviously Julio and um, we'll see if we get another season out of Sandy like we did, but those are some guys that I think could make a jump for sure. And so the same thing with Raphael Devers as well. Devers is probably going to have a big season. He just got paid. He's going to have a big season. <laughs> I, you know what? I, you want to know my other bold prediction? I, I, it absolutely pains me to say this. Yordan's going to be top five next season. Yordan is my least favorite person to face. Like, watch the Mariners face every season. Absolutely demolishes the Mariners. So, yeah, I, I, that's, that's my other bold prediction. Yordan, top five. So, yep. Oh, too bad the Dodgers traded him away many moons ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we're, MLB news. I mean, we had some Julio in there. It's spring training. Let's get to Mariners notes here. Um, while you were gone, we um, if you guys don't remember, we did have an episode last week, but we shot that two weeks ago. Um something I wanted to clear up and I was going to put it at the start of the last episode before, you know, our, our theme music went on. Um, literally the day after we shot Taylor Trammell got hurt. And I know I I wanted to put a disclaimer on there just to say, we will talk about this the next time we shoot. Um, but I I wanted to start off with that just because it kind of, it kind of was wearing on me as I put the episode up last week. Um, you know, T Tram being out, um, in response, the Mariners went inside Cole, uh, signed Cole Calhoun, um, which is an interesting signing to say the least in my mind. Um, but I certainly think that just opens up the job, um, for Kelnick. Like he, he gets the shot to win this outright now, I think. And, um, it, it's going to be an interesting spring for him knowing that, you know, his biggest opponent could just end up being himself. You know, I mean, we did sign Cole Calhoun, obviously guys like AJ Pollock might get some time and left, but like, this is his job to lose now. Yep. 
Yep. And uh, I feel like with I feel like Jerry and Justin, um, I'm thinking about last year when Ty France got hurt and they really had to scramble to kind of go fill in that to go get Carlos Santana. Um, I really do Mm -hmm. feel like they want to have a backup plan or a contingency plan almost for everybody. And you could point to like the moves they made this off season and um, everybody that they brought in from like Colin Moran to Cooper Hummel to all the relievers that they brought, like they want to have a backup plan for everything. So it makes sense why they brought Cole Calhoun in my mind because of an immediate reaction to Taylor Trammell. And then, you know, obviously what Jared Kalenic is going to be or what he isn't going to be. Um, Mm -hmm. but, uh, no, you're right. This is like, this is going to be a time where Jared Kalenic is going to, we're going to see what we're going to see what he has. Um, I think one of the notes that we have is that, um, the swing is a little different. This, this spring training kind of seems like he's come back with a little more relaxed swing at the plate with a little bit of a, you know, bat on the shoulder. It looks a little bit more, it looks a little bit more, I don't know what you want to call it. It looks a little more fluid in my mind. Um, you know, I think mm-hmm. of the last, it's kind of evolved certainly over the last couple of years with when he kind of came in, in 2021, it was very much like a kind of rock and rock kind of back and forth and kind of get a lot of power out of your lower body kind of swing. Right. Um, you know, that didn't really mm-hmm. get, that didn't really work for him too well. So he kind of switched to this a little bit more of an open stance last year and that didn't work for him too well. So it's kind of seems like we're kind of seems like we're just trying to find something that works for JK at this point. Um, and maybe this is the one that does it. it. He does look super comfortable at the plate. So I will say that from like the, from the games that oh, we've yeah. seen so far, I don't know if you're seeing the same thing, but like it does seem like he is pretty comfortable at the plate. Um, he hit a, he hit the ball pretty hard in the last game that I watched. So he does seem really comfortable and I'm hopeful that, you know, mm-hmm. that leads to something more in the future. What did you, did you see similar, something similar? Well, I saw something similar. I, I uh I I told you before we started I watched like eh, the first five innings of the Mariners um, at bats I I really wanted to just see the starters or who I in my mind you know could potentially be the opening day starters and so I was really watching Kelnick and all those guys and uh, you know Kelnick does look a little bit more relaxed and that's one thing that um, you know we mentioned last season after you know the Mar- the season was over. You know, that, that Kelnick just looked lost up there. You know, he just looked angry all the time because he, he, he in his mind, he knows what he wants to do and he couldn't perform. You know, even with him striking out his first at bat in spring, he struck out. But even then, um, I don't feel like he was swinging at bad pitches. You know, he went down swinging and, and, and that was the biggest thing that for me last season was there was times where he'd strike out and he wouldn't, he wouldn't take the bat off his shoulder. I'm like, you got to swing the bat. You know, you can't just look back at the umpire and go, well, what the heck? You know, he's not going to help you. You need to swing the bat. You need to try to put the bat on the ball. And that's what I kind of saw through, you know, his first couple at bats this spring. Um, again, I didn't watch the second game. I don't know if he got in the second game. Uh, I know Marco got shellacked, which we're going to go on and talk about a little later. But uh, at least in the first game, I, I felt like, uh, you know, he's on the uptick. Now, it's just the start of spring. It's one game. I know, you know, we need to, we need to probably taper our expectations a little bit, you know, especially, you know, it. I, I'm not going to say these the spring training games are really mean, meaningful just because, 
you know, they don't really have implications outside of potentially, you know, earning a starting job. But, um, yeah, I thought he looked comfortable and a lot, you know, a lot of what you said, you know, comfortable, relaxed at the plate. You know, I, I think we can expect big things from him this year. Yep. Uh, no, I agree. And he just, he doesn't, I won't say he looks like an entirely different ball player, but he just looks a little bit more, I don't know, um, big league up there. Just, he just looks like, a, I don't know, just a, a little bit of a different player in my mind. So I'm hopeful that it's different, but I think mm-hmm. you've kind of made a good point that, you know, you can change your swing all you want, but if you don't hit the ball, right? Like if that swing doesn't help you hit the ball at all, right? Um yeah, that's uh, you're gonna be in the same place. But I do like the I do like the thought of that it is his job to like lose now. Um, mm-hmm. I will say, um, uh, you know, and I think you caveated it well. Like these are all spring training numbers. We're only looking at really two games at this point. Um, you know, mm-hmm. Kate Marlowe looks has looked fairly decent from what we've seen so far. Um, it'll take a little bit more for mm-hmm. Kate Marlowe to make this team, but. Um, you know, hopefully that puts a little fire under JK to kind of light him a little bit more. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think for Taylor Trammell, um, you know, Cade Marlowe, Cole Calhoun, um, those are the names to watch out for. Um, in addition to, you, I think we're Sam Haggerty. I think Sam Haggerty has a spot on the team right now, but, um, you know, that'd be another name, but Sam Haggerty's more of kind of a role player than anything else. So, um mm-hmm. yeah well i hope they'll hope, oh, i'm hope to see more from jared as we go along but and then um yeah you know honestly i i think with with trammell's injury um <clears throat> it came at the worst time for him because um there's a lot of competition you know you brought up Cade, cole calhoun guys like that um i would not be surprised honestly if this is the last time we see t tram in a mariner's uniform you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, seven weeks can go by and we could, you know, JK could still be a slouch at the plate. Calhoun could be on a different team and, you know, Cade just wasn't ready. Um, I just, I, I don't know. I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on that? You think, you think T-Tram is back in a Mariners uniform at some point this season? Um. I think we'll see him back in a Mariner uniform at some point. Um, I think uh, it's worth noting. I think Taylor Trammell is down to his, I think he has one option left or one option remaining. So he is kind of, I think coming up on kind of the make or break time for him. Um, So see, I I thought he had, I thought he had zero. So maybe I'll taper, you know, I'll, I'll take that back just a little bit. I thought he was at zero options. But. Yeah, but so I mean, he has the one option. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, if he can't stay, if he can't stay healthy, and maybe he goes to coma, and they give him another chance somewhere along the season, I wouldn't be surprised at that at all, right? Especially given injuries or anything like that that could happen. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see him back. But um, yeah, I don't know where I kind of land on Taylor Trammell right now. I, you know, I think the news was all very positive coming into spring training with him. Um, and this kind of seems to have wiped all that out. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll just see where it goes with him. But I think to your point, like there's a bunch of guys. There's Cooper Hummel as well, who's a guy that's getting some reps at spring training right now. Um, and mm-hmm. then um, 
it sounds from from what I've heard or from what I've seen so far and everything else, it looks like uh, Ev, our, our friend Evan White is getting some reps in the outfield as well. So um, maybe there's something mm-hmm. there. Um, we'll see. Yep. Yeah. 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 Um, back it up a little bit. You know, we, I wanted to lead off with the T-Tram news. Uh, <clears throat> something that happened like right after we shot uh, Teoscar Hernandez is his arbitration case uh, got announced. He lost it. Um, he's going to have a $14 million salary this year. Uh, asked for 16, which is a very high number for arbitration. You know, 14 still really high. Um, I've seen some, uh, some uh, unusual takes on him losing his arbitration case. I don't think people, uh, I don't think there's some Mariners fans that understand how arbitration works and stuff like that. You know, I've seen people mad like, Oh, this means, you know, we lost the case. This means that he's not going to resign with us, you know? Um, but I, I, he doesn't appear like he's upset, you know, from what we've seen in interviews. Um, you know, and, and one thing you put in the notes that I didn't know, Hollander went to the arbitration meeting. Like they don't usually do that. Do they? No, they don't. Yeah. The general manager kind of a baseball ops representative doesn't really seem to like typically go to an arbitration hearing. So this was a little bit of a kind of out of place. Um, and I guess it seemed a little odd just for it to happen, but I think it's, I think it's all based around, um, you know, the Mariners just trying to put some goodwill towards that and just showing, you know, Tay Oscar that, you know, this is just kind of a, this is just kind of a step in the process more than anything, right? Like whatever the outcome was, that doesn't really necessarily mean like the Mariners value Tay Oscar less, I guess. Right. It's just kind of, I think it's just a little bit of the business side of it involved. And I think it's all positive in terms of just the Mariners want to resign Tay Oscar. I think that this is a good kind of goodwill effort towards showing that they, that they probably want to do that in the future. Um, and hopefully there isn't any, you know, ill feelings towards the Mariners or Teoscar or anything like that. So I think it was, I think it was a good gesture. Um, we'll see, you know, I think that they probably want to negotiate in the future to an extension of some sort, but um, we'll see if that, um, if that gesture helps at all. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's kind of a twofold thing. Um, him losing his arbitration case, he could come out and, uh, you know, pull a Jesse Winker on us. Um, he uh, he could come out and, and just not want to hit in T-Mobile Park. So maybe we're a little weary right now to give him an extension or anything over the course of the season. But, like, um, you know, if he hits well, um, he, he certainly could raise his stock between the start of this season and, and the end. And he could be looking at, you know, 100 to $150 million next next uh, spring so um you know i don't think we should be looking into this too much you know there's there's been a lot of terrible takes just business um you know let's see how it goes through the season let's see if he can hit in this ballpark and uh we can really uh make our assumptions after the season again we thought we thought jesse winker was the best player coming out of that red trade i've said this numerous times and he's not on the team anymore. So, no, agreed, agreed. And um, 
you know, I would love for Tay Oscar. I was, I was thinking about it when I was watching the game today. It's just like, it's nice to have a nice big bat in the middle of the order. Right. I was thinking about the day when I was mm-hmm. uh, the other day when I was watching the game and, um, it's, uh, it's very nice to have. He got a base hit and, uh, was just very positive to see. And, um, I, uh, yeah, I would be, I would love for Tay Oscar to resign here. I think it just, um, it would add, um, you know, a little bit of consistency to that outfield spot that I feel like maybe we haven't had over the last couple of years, just mm-hmm. with Mitch being injured and Mitch being there sometimes and everything else. And like, I would love for Tay Oscar, or at least maybe fill a, maybe eventually a DH spot in the future as well, but I would love for a little more consistency there. Yeah. I, I, I definitely just want more consistency. I love Mitch. I love Mitch Hanniger, but he was injured far too often, you know. So, um, Tay Oscar, please don't get hurt. <laughs> that's all, that's all I ask. Please don't get hurt. So, um, you know, we mentioned Kill Calhoun getting signed. Um, there was another signing, kind of right before spring training started, or in the middle of spring training. Colton Wong's brother, Keen Wong, minor league deal. Um, I'll be honest, Bill. I, I did not know Colton had a brother. Um, what, what do you know about him? Because I certainly know nothing. Um, you know, I, I honestly can't tell you too much. Um, I know that I think he is, uh, I think he's in his age. Um, I think he's in his age 27 season, if I remember correctly. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, but, uh, yeah, spent a little time, I think, originally drafted with the Rays, spent a little time with uh, um, the Angels most recently. Um, yeah, only had a couple of games here or there for them. Um, modest minor league numbers. But, uh, you know, I don't know if I can really tell you too much where I think he's going to even fit in at this point. But, um, yeah, no, I think it's a nice it's a nice little connection signing, I think, to have um, – you know, Keen there in addition to Colton. Um, he might just spend time at AAA. You know, every team kind of needs that here and there, maybe at Tacoma. But uh, yeah, that's kind of where I see him filling in and maybe he gets uh, maybe he gets a shot every once in a while if somebody is injured or something like that. So we'll see. Maybe maybe Colton can't uh, fully pay the rent, so he got Keen to come up and uh, help him pay the rent on one of those expensive uh, Seattle condos. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I could see it. Plus, you know, if he stays in AAA, he's playing in Tacoma. That's that's not far. So, yeah. But <laughs> we'll see how it shakes out. I'm sure sure he's just going to be a AAA player. But, um, like I said earlier, I, I watched the uh, I watched the first five innings of the spring training game. Um, the first one, the second one, uh, I didn't. But that's kind of because by the time I realized that, uh. The game was going on. Um, we were already down something like four nothing. Um, but uh, there's been some interesting things happening during those games. Um, you know, Julio's first at bat, really hard hit single between short and, and third base, and uh, you know, a couple other players here and there. Mike Ford really, really hitting well. Um, but uh, I, I just want to get into this because um, I know it's been a point of contention between me and you. Uh, the, the biggest thing I've seen through spring training um, is that pitch clock. 
Um, I, the biggest thing you've seen. What does that mean? The biggest thing you've seen. The, what is that? What is that? What is that even? What does that I even mean? I don't. I I get they're trying to improve the pace of the game. I really do. You know, but like, I feel it's almost unnatural how fast you have to get back in the box to to get ready and and set and and get ready to go. It just it blows my mind because I'm so used to guys stepping out, getting their batting gloves all all worked up and and getting back in the box, getting your signs. Now it's like they're trying to hustle up and and maybe I'll get over it you know after a few games of watching it, but I don't like it. I don't like it. Baseball baseball to me is a chess match. And you're when you when you quicken the pace you're taking some of the thinking out of the game. Okay, okay, I see what you're saying there. I, I see what you're saying. Um, chess is a long game, though. Chess is a long game. Like if I'm watching Magna, if I if Baseball's I'm watching Magnus Carlson, um, you know, Magnus Carlson's a genius, right? When it comes to chess, but the guy takes. I mean, he's he's really quick with it, right? And like sometimes chess just takes a long time, and I just don't think like we want a chess like i feel like we want we want more pizzazz we want things to move a little quicker like in my mind here's where here's where i go with this right is like um in the 1980s right baseball was super fast like there was a clip of ron gidry in the world series and like that game is moving fast in the 1980s right that's when baseball to me was like in its peak was like the 80s right like that's kind of what i feel like you say you become conditioned to this right well, originally there was conditioning the other way, right? And then we try to, then we eventually just kind of moved, I think, a little further away from what baseball was in a way. So, like, that's kind of where my mind goes. Like, when I'm watching this now, it feels like I'm watching a baseball game from the 1980s. And it's just, it's quick, it's fast, it's interesting. I will say it's a little, it is a little odd. Sure, I'll give you that, right? It's a little odd to see mm-hmm. um, things moving along and... I do think that some of the pitchers are moving a little too quickly right now. I think the pitchers are, I think they're moving it on quite a bit. So I think we will see a little bit more relaxation of it, but um, I think right now there's a little bit of a shock going on just with all of it. So I think this first month of the, of the 2013, 2023 baseball year is going to be a little bit tough for everybody. Just given it's so brand new and it's unique and everything. And it'll probably be a little bit of an adjustment period, but um, I think everybody's going to be fine after like a couple months. I think there's certainly going to be issues. I think there's certainly going to be challenges and problems with it along the way. Like I'm not saying there won't be, but um, I like it. Mm-hmm. I like it. Um, baseball games are finishing at two and a half hours right now. I don't think that's where they're going to end up in the season. I think they probably end up right around two hours, 45 minutes somewhere in there. But like, um, that to me is a good time for a baseball game and it keeps the game moving along, keeps your eyes a little bit more focused on it. Yeah. You may lose a little bit of something out of that, but um, yeah, I think there's going to be another side of it too, where you're just going to have to plan a little bit better or execute a little bit better of like what kind of pitches this guy's going to throw if I get into this situation. So yeah, sure. There's a little bit of the chess game that yeah, I think you'll lose, but I think you, I think you're going to gain another little part of that as well. Uh- I guess where I have a big problem with it, you know, it, it there are pitchers in the past that I can remember from us growing up, um, guys like Mark Burley, 
Mark Burley was certainly a pitcher. He threw, he got the ball back, he got set, he wanted to go again. You know, in between his pitches, it was something like 10 seconds or something, you know, quicker than the pitch clock, you know. Um, so, like, I, I get where, um, you know, baseball wants to kind of move it along a little bit. I don't want games ending like they did last night in Boston. Well, it was Boston and Atlanta. Was it Boston, Atlanta? Yeah. You know, the game should not be ending because the guy didn't get in the plate. Maybe take it away in the ninth inning. Maybe I'd be fine with it, you know, but I certainly don't want to get into, and, and people, like you said, people need to get adjusted to it. You know, minor leaguers have had some time with it. You know, and, and I kind of find it funny in that Boston game. I'm pretty sure the guy that committed that infraction was a minor leaguer who's probably seen the pitch clock before, mm-hmm. you know. Um, you know, so I know there's an adjustment period, but maybe, you know, I can't imagine the uproar, you know, we're, you know, three, two, bottom of the nine World Series, you know, Julio's up at bat and. He takes one second longer because he's got to be in within eight seconds of the pitch clock and he comes in at seven game over like big uproar, you know, or that could happen to anyone. Aaron judge, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure they're going to get used to it. I just, I don't like to see games in that way. So that's fair. That's fair. I, I, I guess I, that's fair. I guess where I, where I'll come from is just like, Gonna have to get used to it, man. Gonna have to get used to it. Like you're gonna, you're gonna have to be plugged in. You're gonna have to be there. And I know Ty France was talking to like uh, the struggle. I think is really for the hitter side and the hitters. Like to your point, um, the Nomar Garcia para checking the gloves, going back and forth. Like a lot of that's done and over with now, right? Um, but uh, yeah, it's gonna be a transition for everybody. And um, I'm a I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing games move along a little bit faster um but uh i can understand the other part of it too it is a switch it's a change but i think baseball i think baseball has been overdue for a little bit of a change for quite a while now so um that's the way i feel about it well the the, the, i guess the one thing that's really sticking out and and they made a point of it in the um padres broadcast um first Mariners spring training game um the World Baseball Classic will not have right. pitch clock. So all these guys are going to spend a week trying to adjust to the pitch clock. And then they're going to go in the World Baseball Classic where there's no pitch clock. And so these guys are going to hopefully not fall back into their their ways. And then they have to come back towards the end of spring training before the start of the season and try to readjust. You know, I guess I'd rather see that be more uniform too. And I know... MLB has no bearing on the world baseball classic, but no, that's a good call out. That's a good call out. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm thinking about like Teoscar and Julio and, um, uh, even Harry four. I mean, Harry four is love, but like Eugenio, right. The guys that are going to be, um, you know, our major, major players at the major league level that are going to be at the WBC. Like, yeah, those guys are going to need a little bit of a more of an adjustment. I think that's a good call out. Um, and maybe the, maybe the first couple of weeks for them and maybe for this first couple of weeks of the season might be a little rougher for them as well. But um, yeah, I think we're just going to have to get used to it. I think this is the, I think I do think there's going to be some kind of flexibility on this. And I think Rob Manfred has 
um, the the bounds to do that now, I think, in kind of what the, was ascribed to him. So I think that if there is a big pushback, you could probably see a couple seconds leeway here or there probably in the future. So I wouldn't be surprised if that kind of happens. But um, no, I think this is the right move. So I think uh, I'm looking forward to baseball games getting over by like 10 p.m., right? Because I'm an old man and I need to go to sleep. So um <laughs> you are an old man man. yes but no i i honestly think like um i think for for like younger kids that are watching the game um you know basketball is a crisp game it's over pretty quickly hockey's pretty crisp it gets over pretty quickly um you know i'm looking forward to hopefully baseball you know getting to that same point for i don't know younger generations to watch and try to i don't know enjoy it a little bit more just given the pace of the game and hopefully over your you know doesn't take four hours to finish a baseball game that's kind of where my mind goes with it and i think that's the way mlb is approaching it as well yeah yeah well certainly maybe maybe it'll grow on me but right now i'm i'm gonna be that old old man doesn't like change also i have not really seen the effect of like the non-shift so you know that that opinion's a work in progress i'm still firmly believing if you want to not get put in the shift then hit the ball the other way but i'll digress on that we'll 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 pump the brakes on that one no agreed yeah i I don't think we've seen too much i don't think i've seen i don't think we've seen enough from that yet to really know one way or another and i'm completely open-minded on the on the shift part of it. If you want to shift, go for it. If you don't want to shift, if you want to restrict the shift, that's fine. I, I don't really have a super strong opinion. Yeah. Yep. 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 Um, okay. Outside of, I, I really wanted to discuss the rule changes with you. So thank you for humoring me. <laughs> um, good, bad, and ugly. Um, let's start with you, Bo. Do you spring training games in? Give me, uh, give me a couple things you've seen that have been good with the team. A couple things that uh, you've seen that could potentially be bad for the team, and then uh, a, a couple things that you uh, you thought that could be uh, downright ugly going forward. Uh, sure thing. So I think the the good stuff that I think I've seen so far. Um, uh, Prelander Baroa looked very very solid in his first kind of outing of the year, I would say. Um, mm-hmm. Breaking stuff looked really good. The slider with some breakdown in the zone looked really positive. Um, he was able to strike out Xander Bogarts and Nelson Cruz. So um, mm-hmm. I think some very positive things that we're seeing from, from him. I, I, I think the Mariners seem to have a formula with guys that throw pretty hard that have really good sliders. Um, I don't, I, that just seems like they, yeah. <laughs> they collect a lot of them and Prelander seems like a perfect yeah. case for that. And um, he looked really positive so far. So I'm looking forward to kind of seeing more from him. Um, I think he's certainly trending mm-hmm. the direction, you know, given another couple outings where he'll probably start and probably start in Arkansas. And then like a lot of other guys, you know, once he gets to Arkansas, all bets are off at that point. So um, mm-hmm. looking very solid. I really like to slider. Um, I think Tom Murphy spoke highly of it as well. Um, it's just, it looks pretty nasty at this point. Um, I think some additional good um, Harry Ford just looks super solid to me. Um, you know, I think he only had one or two at bats today, um, but uh, does look very solid. Just looks like a big leader, big leader at the plate. Um, 
made a good jump from first to third on a ball to right field. Um, so I think that just bodes well for the Mariners prospect futures. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think some other good things I think I saw or some other good things I think I'm hearing is Logan Gilbert's working on a new pitch. So I think I, I think that's a, that's a good, I think a good positive enforcement there in the future. Yep. What, what pitch is he working on? It, looks like yeah he's working on the splitter um he's working on the splitter and i think the thing that stuck out to me is like new pitches it's kind of spring training like everybody talks about a new pitch or they're working on something else and like that but like logan gilbert in my mind um i think justin hollander was on the broadcast today or he was on the radio broadcast and they asked him like you know everybody seems to be working on a new pitch what kind of which one kind of sticks out to you the most and justin hollander said um logan gilbert and his splitter so i think that's just a note there of like um something to watch especially when logan gilbert starts to make some more starts as we go along in spring training just to see what that looks like um let's see let's jump to the bad um bad i would say uh tommy listella already on the shelf um for arm soreness um mm-hmm. that's just mm-hmm. uh so I, I, I don't i feel like the mariners have a lot of depth right now but like um you know i feel like that just kind of just kind of sucks to see him already already hurt right that's kind of where my bad would go yep. do you kind of i mean how would you i guess i can kind of talk about who else i got on my bad side but how do you feel about i think listella and maybe the other ones that you're kind of feeling negative about so far i, I you know listella uh it's the same thing with him and and t-tram you you got hurt at the wrong time you know we're we're so I wouldn't say we're so flush with depth because we could see what a 162 game MLB season can do to a player. Um, but um, again, he got hurt at the wrong time. Even if it's just arm soreness, you know, you've got um, a lot of competition right now. You know, you mentioned Evan White taking some uh, reps in outfield. He's still a first baseman by trade and La Stella is fighting for, you know, being a, a backup infielder at this point, you know, because I, I feel like our four infield positions are pretty set, you know. So um, just rough time to get hurt, even with arm soreness. You know, you want to get the most out of spring training. And I, I certainly don't think this is going to help him, you know, going forward, you know, with the potential of making the team, you know. Yeah, no, I think that's – I think that's fair. I think uh, that as for the good, by the way, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. Um, uh, as for your good, I, I definitely agree with you. The one I would add, at least for the first two games, uh, Mike Ford, um, really, really hitting the ball hard. Um, both of his at bats that I watched, um, in the first game, he was just, you know, mashing the ball Mm -hmm. you know um so that was good to see still don't know if he's got a place on this team but um you know if he keeps it up this spring he certainly could be you know in the conversation um and the other one this uh today i I don't know if you mentioned it uh, maybe earlier Cade marlowe hitting a bomb game two um you know kind of a nice bounce back from game one because he didn't look too good um, you know, in, in game one, but game two hitting a bomb, um, you know, I didn't watch it, heard it, uh, felt like it was the only positive from, uh, today's game. So, well, today's we're it's 
Saturday today. Yeah. So um, the second spring training game. Yep, so. Kid Marla bomb straight out to straight out to the batter's eye there. Um, really nice sound off the bat. If you ever get, if you go back to them, I'll be videos and listen to it. Um, I think for me, mm-hmm. when I'm trying to evaluate this right now, like um, I kind of. I would say like I stick a little bit more to like the pitching side of it just because pitchers only get so many opportunities in spring training where like a hitter that just has mm-hmm. two bad games. Maybe I'm not going to try to gleam for too much of that, but like somebody like Cade Marlowe, right. Who's every at bat is going to make an impression. I think that's super important. So um, I think if I was going to put some ugly on this, I would say, um, Marco had a really bad outing today on Saturday. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. He did. Um, yeah. I don't think there's any way to kind of cut around that. Gave up a, a home run to um, Joe Adele, who is one of the players that everybody loves to say is in the best, best shape of his life at spring training. But um, yeah, Marco just didn't yep. look good. <laughs> and um, I think you made a note of like, there was an article that was poorly timed where it was like Marco was missed. Marco was upset about not making the playoffs and he wants to bounce back. And then this kind of coalesced or happened all at the same time. Yeah, no. And that, that article could not have been timed any worse. Cause I know I saw it when, um, you know, I, I didn't even know the Mariners were playing today. I, I totally spaced it. And so I saw, the game um, start and then like almost immediately boom boom angel scored two three runs you know joe adele hits a home run so i was like oh that's not good and then literally that I, I hop on facebook during one of my breaks of work first article i see marco gonzalez was left off to postseason roster it's fueling him this year i'm like well obviously we didn't see that in, in his first spring training outing you know, Marco's definitely a guy you want to root for. But, I mean, I, I just, with the depth of pitching that we have with this team, I, I really I really don't know. I really don't know with him anymore. You know, it, it sucks because I want to root for the guy. He's a Gonzaga kid, Washington kid. Um, you know, he, he's been on a couple close teams with the Mariners, and he, he's just an innings eater, but, uh, you know, we want to we want to make the playoffs and potentially win a World Series. And I, you know, I know it's just one spring training start, but um, Marco did not look like a, a pitcher on a, a playoff team, you know. Yeah. And I, I I I could say that about a couple of his starts last season too. You yeah. Know? I guess. Yeah. I think uh, the way. Um. I think it would take a. I think it's going to take a lot in my mind. Like he started one of the first games in spring training. I think for me, it's going to take a lot. Like Marco would have to have, this would have to be his outing every single time for Scott to basically say, Marco, you're not going to come out of the starting rotation to me. Like I just, I don't think Marco, you can call me crazy, but I don't think Marco is at risk of losing his starting role right now, unless somebody like Bryce Miller or Prelander Baroa or somebody really, really breaks out in my mind. Like, I don't think Marco is at a huge risk of losing his start, his starting role to me. Like maybe, maybe they want to throw Flexen in there or maybe they platoon Flexen and Marco in that fifth spot every once in a while. But like, 
I don't think Marco's at a huge risk of losing it right now unless something catastrophic happens or his outings are just absolutely horrendous this rest of this spring training. But that's kind of the way that's kind of the way that I'm feeling about it. Now, having that said, do I think Marco's gonna be the long term starter in twenty twenty three? Absolutely not. I think Marco is probably going to move to the bullpen at some point for Bryce Miller or Emerson Hancock or somebody else. Right. That's kind of where I'm seeing this, but I think to start the season, I think Marco is still that fifth starter. Um, and maybe again, like maybe I there's said, other, maybe there's other things that go on, but you know, that's kind of the where I'm, what's kind of where I'm picturing this right now. Like I said, with the spring training previews that we did, you know, it certainly could be a case where um, Hollander and, and Jerry want him to be the starter for, you know, till May. And then Bryce Miller gets one more month in, you know, double A and, you know, they pull a George Kirby and bring him up and he could be contending for a rookie of the year. You know, you know, uh, it, it's quite possible that could happen, but I, I don't know. He, you're right. He is not the long-term answer. And, uh, you know, I, I, I feel like the heat's on him a little bit more than, than, most people realize because we've got so many young guys that could come up and, uh, you know, get a chance. I don't think they'll do his bad. <laughs> That's Marco, you know, but I, I don't know. It's just, it's tough. Again, I want to root for the guy. I, you know, shout out Gonzaga. They won the night against St. Mary's. So, I mean, I'm a Gonzaga fan. He was fun to watch in Gonzaga. Fun to watch in a Mariners uniform, but yeah. It's almost time. It's almost time to, to take him, you know, take him out. So, um, anything else that you saw that you felt was uh, kind of ugly-ish? I, I didn't see too much ugly from the first two games. Um, Chris Clark, the Rule 5 um, draft pick, uh, didn't pitch very well. Um, I, I wouldn't really call it ugly. It's difficult for me to call. It's difficult for me to call things super ugly like outside of like what marco did today so but that's probably more bad than mm-hmm. ugly so just something to keep an eye on if the mariners will turn him or not um but uh no i think that was kind of it i think the only other maybe notes i would saw is i would add to like maybe some of the good is evan white seems to be swinging the bat fairly well um pretty hard so i think there's just a mm-hmm. bunch of optimism surrounding the guy for right now um. Yeah, I think you you put you put a note on it. Like Mike Ford's hitting very very well. Um, and uh, no, I think it's off to a good start so far. Um, and uh, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to. I'm hopeful that they give Kirby and maybe Logan Gilbert some starts, maybe towards the end of this coming week. Um, maybe a little bit after that, somewhere in there, because I'm really anxious to see what those guys are kind of looking like. Um, but, uh, mm-hmm. no, not a, not a whole lot of other bad or ugly. I would say for me right now, anything else for the, for you that sticks out. I, I guess I want to get your opinion on, uh, I, I don't know if you watched a lot of his outing, but, uh, Robbie Ray, um, kind of looked shaky at times, um, especially the first inning, um, you know, kind of lost his control a little bit, but, um, didn't end up giving up any runs. What did you feel watching Robbie Ray? You, you feel like he, uh, he did good for his first spring start. Yeah. I mean, to me that kind of, 
Yeah, I mean, it looked he had a little shaky at times, but um, and Robbie Ray was one of the guys I definitely wanted to like, you know, watch as we kind of came into this like spring training just to see how he's been reacting to things and how he kind of bounces back from everything. Um, and honestly, mm-hmm. this kind of this kind of to me just looked like a guy that was just kind of getting stretched out for spring training. I don't really know how much I took it took mm-hmm. away from this from for me anyways. Like, yes, he did struggle a couple points there. Walked a guy. Um, but, uh, yeah, this just kind of looked like somebody to me that was just rubbing off the cobwebs of this, of the off season. And, um, yeah, I think the next couple starts will be, um, as he kind of increases that innings, that innings count, that'll be a little bit more indicative of, you know, what kind of rugby way we're going to get. But, um, this just kind of looked to me like a guy that was just kind of, um, you know, kind of stretching some things out for me anyways. Yep. That's what it looks like. I mean, I think he walked, if I remember right, was it Xander, Xander Bogarts? I mean, that Padres lineup is scary, you know, and he, he did his best to kind of weather the storm. He walked someone, Soto got a base hit, you know, so um, he looked good. Glad to see the grunting hasn't hasn't left mm. from him. You know, I, I really I re- really think it's an added touch when you're listening to, like, the radio broadcast because you can tell, you know, you can hear the, Ugh! as he, as he uh, throws the pitch, you know, so it's a nice touch, yeah. but. Um, yeah, I, I think we saw quite a bit of good, not as much bad, you know, outside of Marco. Um, it's going to be a, a fun spring training when, I guess, do you know when guys like Julio and Harry Ford are leaving camp? Is it next week? Um, so it's going to depend a little bit on, um, so the WBC schedule, like I think pool, the pools play at different times. So I think pool, I think pools A and B start, I think a couple days earlier than C and D. So I think Matt Brash said Matt mm-hmm. Brash is on the broadcast, I think today or yesterday. I can't remember. And I think he said he's going to probably leave maybe like late next week, somewhere in there. So um, yeah, I would mm-hmm. think probably late next week ish is probably the time where guys might start heading out somewhere in there um, and mm-hmm. kind of getting ready for that, uh, for that next week is when things kind of get going there. So I would say probably late next week, late next week, early next week, somewhere in there, uh, week after. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And that's, uh, you know, going forward next week, we're going to have our world baseball classic talk. You know, we're going to, uh, we, we kind of mentioned all the Mariners players that are going to be on world baseball classic, uh, rosters, but we'll kind of go in depth, you know, a little bit, give our opinions on what we see, you know, that the Dominican Republic roster just looks absolutely stacked. Um, you know, and I, I don't know. Uh, it seems like the USA keeps losing players every time, you know, there's news about team USA. So it's going to be a fun world baseball classic and, uh, we're going to do a little, uh, a little preview. So, um, yeah, but with that being said, that's what we got this week. Uh, boat, I got to ask because I didn't check the sheet. Trivia did this week or is it next week? No, I was traveling. Didn't have the time. Didn't have enough time this week. So yeah, we'll do it. We'll okay. do it next week. Yep. I, I I got a little trivia for you. All right, hit me. Hit me. A little, a little, a little trivia. Just something I caught from the Padres broadcast. Uh, and you know what? I didn't even verify this trivia. So let me let me just verify it really quick. Um, let me let me type this in. Uh, sorry. Uh, 
Okay. Yep. It, it is what I heard. It was correct. Um, okay. What current MLB player is the GM of the Dominican Republic World Baseball Classic team? Say that. Say that one more time. What? What current player? What? What? What current Major League Baseball player is the general manager? Of the Dominican Republic World Baseball Classic team. Um, what current player is the general manager of the Dominican Republic World Baseball Classic team? Um, let's what current player? Let's go with Nelson Cruz. Ding 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 ding! You were correct. As if you know, talking about. It coming from the Padres broadcast was not any inclination. I like that you did there. It's also it's also Mariners. That's also Mariners trivia in a way. It, it, so there you go. It worked out really well. Yep. I I I feel happy for Nelly. You know, forty two, still playing baseball at a high level with the Padres, who you know should be contending for a World Series this season, and he serves as the general manager of the World Baseball Classic team representing his country. I mean, that's pretty awesome for, for Nelly. So congrats to Nelly for that. And, uh, hopefully he, uh, hopefully they can bring home the W because I think a lot of people are expecting that team to, to bring home the trophy. So (laughs) Uh, any other words of wisdom before we get out of here? Um, no, I think, uh, I think that's it for me tonight. Yep. Like you, you do look a little tapped out. You got your, I, I mentioned this before we started shooting, you got your glasses on and uh, it's really weird seeing you with glasses on, but you know, I respect the, the blue light glasses. So got to protect those eyes, man. <laughs> got to protect them. Well, let's get out of here. So for all our listeners in the Puget Sound, Pacific Northwest and beyond, thank you for taking the time to listen to another edition of the Forks Down podcast. For Bo Chisholm, I'm Rick Clark. And we'll see you guys next week.